Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Social Dad Podcast. I'm your host, James Smith. Hi, um, I'm joined today by Kevin Wagger. Um, hi, Kevin. How's it going, James? Really well. Um, I've just put my daughter to bed, so uh, I'm excited to have a little downtime. But instead of that, I'm sitting at my laptop again, um, doing more work. So, um, so <laughs> Kevin, um, tell me about your blog. Uh, I run a, a family travel website called Wandering Waggers Adventure Family Travel, and it's basically the chronicles of my family's adventures around wow. the world. Um, where have you been traveling recently? Uh, since December, we've been to uh, China, uh, the Philippines, Norway, and uh, we've also done some winter camping here in Ontario. Wow, amazing. Um, so how do you, how do you manage to do that? Do you have a, a day job as well? Or is it, this your full-time gig? Uh, no, it's, it's not my full-time gig. I do have a, uh, a side job doing, uh, some creative marketing and brand development, uh, for usually kind of small to medium sized businesses. And that keeps me going, but it also allows me to work fairly remotely, which is, which is helpful. That's incredible. Um, how old are your kids? I have a uh, four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And, uh, and what do they think about all this traveling? Oh, they love it. Oh, man. They, they, uh, they eat up every second of, of everything that we do. And it's, it's, it's just awesome to, to experience wild and incredible things with them involved because they're just sponges for you know every cultural experience and every adventure and every new situation we find ourselves in uh i find myself just stepping back and watching you know the questions that come out of their mouths and and you know when they're speaking to the experts and the guides and the and uh and uh you know the the town leaders and, and everything and, and coming up with just amazing questions and, and, and ideas. And it's just so much fun to, to see. And they think of things that I never would have even thought of. Wow. What an amazing um, education for them to, to grow up being excited about the world and having such a, a world vision, which I, I think is a, is a big problem now. I mean, when I was in school, we uh, in England, we studied, all of the world religions, um, or at least the sort of the big sort of 10. Um, and we, we had a lot of uh, geography, but here I think, um, or especially in the States as well, it, it seems to be almost on the back burner. Um, they're cover, covering, you know, maths and all English and everything else, but they don't really have a world vision. So finding your place um, amongst everything that's going on, whether it's in the news and, and understanding the sort of the gravity of it or, or having a desire to, to travel, um, I think is lost on a lot of people. So, so, um, good job to you for, for really getting the kids excited and being able to, to find everything or, or at least sort of scratching the surface of what, what we've got to offer. Uh, thank you. I mean, I, it, it's been fantastic. And I, you know, I grew up in that same situation there, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, cultural experience or conversation or anything in, in the town that I grew up in. And, uh, and it wasn't really until I 
you know, I met my wife and, you know, she's originally from the Philippines and I learned more about her and her upbringing and, and she had a love of travel. I mean, obviously moving from the Philippines to Canada when she was young and, and all the experiences she had along with that. And it just kind of exploded into this, uh, this yearning to see the world and what else was out there and to show our kids that, you know, despite what a lot of the media might portray right now, that the world's actually a pretty awesome place. It's a pretty incredible place and it's full of really amazing and beautiful people and cultures. And it's not as scary as a lot of people make it sound. Do you, um, do you let your kids watch the news and, and see what's going on across? Uh, across uh, the we don't have cable. Uh, huh. and, uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I think it's kind of a good thing. Uh, it, it allows me yeah. to avoid a lot of the news as well. So I can, uh, I can kind of take what I, uh, what I read with a grain of salt. That's, that's pretty smart. I think, um, yeah, all the news, um, is so heavily biased now against, against, you know, Syria and, and all the things in the middle East and, um, terrible situations. And they never really, um, show the incredible opportunities or, or places to visit uh, that there are around the world. I mean, when I was growing up, I don't remember ever watching TV, but I remember watching an awful lot of travel shows. I mean, I don't know if that's just the the British um, TV scheduling people sort of, that's what we like to see, you know, people going on holidays and talking about what hotels are nice. But that's what got me excited. Yeah. But now it's it's all doom and gloom, and you know, don't go here; you'll get blown up. They don't show the places that are actually amazing, even if it's the same countries. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's 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 awesome what's out there. I mean, I I have I have friends that are traveling through, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan right now as as travelers, solo travelers, and they're reporting back with these pictures that you never would have considered in a place that, you know, if you watch the news, it's just sounds terrible. It just sounds awful. And they're reporting back with, with images saying, you know, yes, this small section of the country is, is terrible. And, and you don't want to go there because there's so much going on and it's dangerous, but then there's everywhere else in the country where it's just full of people who are trying to live their lives and trying to make a better life for their families and farming and uh, going to work and meeting people and, and living the lives that, you know, we all want to live no matter what country we live in. And it's, it's incredible to see because if you watch the news or if you, if you follow the media, you're, you'd never be in tune w with those kind of stories because it seems almost impossible that normal life could exist in a place where there's so much destruction. Definitely. Um, so how do you handle um, your kids sort of traditional education, if you like sort of uh, covering, you know, maths and, yeah. and uh, language and everything. Do you do that at home or when you're on the road? Uh, yeah, my, I mean, my kids are in school. Uh, uh, my four-year-old is, is still in preschool, is, uh, starting senior kindergarten next year. And my, uh, my, my seven-year-old is in grade one. 
they're in school full time, uh, but when we travel and when we uh, when we head out on the road, which is usually for anywhere between you know a few a couple of weeks to a, to a month at a time, uh, we'll take them out of school and we'll we'll work with them on their education while we're away. Um, we're firm believers that um, I'm my wife and I uh, are firm believers that the education that they get when we're out on the road is just as valuable as what they're going to get in the classroom. Oh, uh, they're going to see things and experience things that, uh, that, you know, their, their, their friends would probably rarely if ever get a chance to see. And uh, because of, we do it so often, we get to delve a little bit deeper and we, we have those, those advantages where we can meet with, you know, the scientists and the animal experts and the, uh, you know, indigenous tribes and, and, and get a taste for the destinations that we travel to that even people who go there often don't get a chance to see. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. I mean, it is such an incredible way for the kids to grow up. Um, I love it. And I hope that more parents, um, get get to do that with their kids i um i mean <clears throat> I'd, I'd love to take my daughter traveling more i mean sometimes it just doesn't work with like my, my full-time day job and whatever else but or the myriad excuses that i can come up with um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean at least you know i sort of implore all the other parents out there to to get their kids even if it's in the garden just mucking around with some worms and grow some vegetables and get them excited about what they eat for example um Absolutely. just get out, out of the yes. classroom out of the living room um just go out and you know go for a walk go for a hike look at frogs travel to a new country um talk to people and and, and sort of really get into things that are outside of their day-to-day -day. um yeah I mean, that's that's incredible so uh, how long have you been blogging uh, we've been running our website for, I, I guess it'll be, geez, I guess it'll be come August of this year. It'll be three years All right. that we've been running. Uh, and it was, it really just started off on a whim. Like we were, we were traveling and, and just doing what we did for fun. And, and my wife and I had, you know, full-time jobs and, and, uh, and, uh, and my wife still does. And, uh, and we we just kind of wanted an outlet to be able to share our stories and our photos with our friends and our family who are always asking about you know where are you guys now because you're always off doing some crazy adventure of some kind uh and it just kind of grew from there it just so uh, I don't know how, but some people decided that they liked what we wrote <laughs> and, uh, and then they would ask us questions and, and ask about how they could do it with their kids and, and what destinations we recommended. And, and then, you know, we got lucky enough that some brands started uh, coming to us as well and, and asking to, uh, for us to come experience their, uh, destinations uh and that kind of 
allowed us a little bit more uh, leverage or leeway, I guess you could say, to to see a few more things and and stretch our budgets a little bit further than they might otherwise have been able to go. That's great. Yeah, we um, <clears throat> as bloggers, we love to to work with our favorite brands and and, and new ones as well. Um, I mean, as well as discovering new products and and getting the word out for them, it helps to finance what we do. I mean, uh, it, this sort of thing costs money. Whether it's buying microphones for podcasts that will probably never get off the ground and um it's you know hosting things and uh, and updates and things so um so thanks to all the the brands that have been working with us so far and and the future ones so um so is there any uh really nice partnerships that you've been working on recently uh, I recently worked with Visit Tampa Bay uh, down in Tampa Bay, Florida, and that was fantastic. I mean, I Tampa Bay wasn't a city that I had ever really done much consideration of. I mean, most of our travels tend to be out there destinations like Peru and Jordan and Iceland and Norway and and things like that. And and they contacted us and said, "Hey guys, you know, do you want to come down and and check out our city for?" Uh, for a few days and you know we said yeah let's go let's go have a look and it was wild i mean our kids our kids had never been to a theme park before ever uh before we went down there we went to we went to a place called uh, bush gardens in, in tampa bay and you know you could, as soon as we walked into the place you just saw our our our, our our kids' eyes just light up like, oh my gosh, like, can we do all this stuff? Like all these rides and water parks and everything. And they just went absolutely nuts for the entire day that we were there. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, they had, plus they had stuff that we love too. Like they had the manta rays, like in the rivers that you could walk. They had this viewing platform where you could go down to, and there's, sharks and manta rays and or, or stingrays i should say and 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 manatees and all this stuff is just in this crystal clear water in front of you and it's all wild it's all you know sharks hunt like little sharks hunting smaller fish and these giant fat farting manta rays are <laughs> floating in the water just oblivious to all this other madness that's going on around them and it was it was incredible like it was, it was way cooler than i expected it to be and we had an absolute riot when we were there um wow that's incredible Where can, um, sorry what was the website uh, visit tampa bay so tampa bay florida is, is the tourism agency or the um tourism Perfect. board i should say down there uh yeah, and we've had the we've had the chance to work with a few products lately as well, which is mostly just us reviewing products. I mean, we don't uh, really get paid for product sponsorships because we don't like to be in a situation where we're in the pocket of a, a company. So we, you know, we'll ask for a product to review it, but I mean, we straight up rip them apart if if we don't <laughs> like it uh we, and, and we we just reviewed one called the the my fold booster seat oh yeah we have uh, that it, i, I have it. that yeah so it's, i mean and for travel it's 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 i mean it's unbeatable i mean it's so small that's the thing like yeah I, my daughter's <laughs> a bit young for it but um when i'm giving uh lifts or picking up uh, my nieces from school or or taking them out um 
it, it's just fantastic. It goes in the in the glove compartment and it unfolds, and then you strap them in, and it's it's great because for the people who don't know, what happens is instead of having a bulky booster seat where it pushes the kid up to meet the seatbelt, it brings the seatbelt down to meet the child. So it's actually, um, I think it's actually safer, uh, if not just as safe. Um, and it's super small, so it fits flush, and then it can um, sort of go compact and fold up like a little transformer, and it can go in the kid's backpack so they can take it to school if they're going on a um, carpool or um, anywhere else, or it can just get, live in your glove box. I think we've got two. We've got one in our car and then one in the in the um, parents-in-law's car just because it's so useful. Yeah, and, and they're, they're great. I mean, and for what we do, it's amazing because – I mean, I've traveled with full-size car seats before, and it sucks. <laughs> it's yeah, you know, yeah so like bad, you're going man. on an airplane with something that's you know the size of, bigger than one of your kids, and uh, <laughs> and it takes up so much room. And then you got to find a place to park it when you're there. And these things, my kids can put them in in their in their little travel bags that they carry around with them all the time. And I can whip them out and unfold them and have them installed in an Uber or a taxi or whatever uh, in about, you know, 30 seconds. And then there's no excuses to be in one of those countries that doesn't necessarily have car seat laws or, uh, or, or anything like that to not have your kids be in a safe situation, which is, which is really good. Cause I've traveled where we've been on the highway at, you know, 80 miles an hour and, uh, my kids, you know, basically climbing into the trunk of a car. <laughs> and and you know, sometimes you're in that situation you have to do what you have to do and you're just holding on to them for dear life. Uh, but if you don't have to be in that situation, then this completely removes the excuse to, to do that. The only time we've ever been in a situation where we haven't been able to use it is when the car didn't have any seatbelts uh, at all. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in a couple of like <laughs> New York cabs and yeah, they're, they're bombing it down at like 100 miles an hour down down a, a busy street. And you think, this is probably fine. They've got a driving license, I assume. They've got a, to, to sort of paraphrase the sign. Probably. But he's, he's got a face. That's that's the qualification. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. It's a cab. I don't think anyone died in this cab today yet. So you know, yeah, I'm sure it's just all right. Um, so with, um, with all this travel comes... Um, the sort of the temptations of social media so you know um keeping up with uh, instagram and and posting uh beautiful photos and things do you let your kids um use social at all or or, or post the photos for their friends to keep up with them uh not currently i mean you know at, at, at four and seven they're not really at that age yet where where they've become interested in it i i know with our youtube channel my my son uh, my oldest son is is is, is recently become fascinated by it and he's started asking if he can contribute uh to to the videos so i'm trying to figure out a way where he can get his own show uh <laughs> or something where he can you know talk about what he does from you know a child's perspective uh, which i think is is kind of an awesome idea i just 
need to be out like you know right now even on the website and everything i don't use their i don't use their names i just use their initials and i'm i'm trying to allow them the opportunity to choose when they uh when or if i guess they want to become involved in in anything that we do um beyond the photos and things like that which they don't have a choice cuz i'm the guy with the camera so i win um <laughs> but um but uh you know the so far they've become you know really interested in it and as far as social media goes the you know it's it's a rabbit hole that you ha- that you have to be very careful about i mean growing up myself i i was probably the first generation of people that grew up with internet as something that they dealt with straight at, from a child and you know i was probably 12 years old i think the first time of course back then it was just computers dialing into other computers not uh you know there are 1200 baud modems in our (laughs) tying up the phone line for four hours at a time (laughs) we're trying to call my friends and it just goes yeah we we would spend our times you know we friends would try to get together and try to download a naughty photo it would take four <laughs> hours to get there and then you'd realize that they had a beard yeah, <laughs> yeah or, or you, i remember using um napster or BitTorrent. um well, i don't know i must have been 13 or something and it took i think it's about three hours to download one song and it was just <laughs> ridiculous and it was and then you like halfway through you think i'll oh, forget it and that or you worry that you see all the worries that, um, or the, or the warnings that you're going to get arrested and, and, you know, this is all pirate and you're going to get a jail. I was like, oh, no. So after about three hours of not downloading anything, you just uninstall the whole thing and just hide and go outside for yeah. a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about my hair, please. So, uh, you know, I, they're on social media right now through our content, but, uh, in terms of using it themselves, um, I've already started the discussions with them as far as what social media means and the fact that the internet is forever. Nothing disappears. If you make a mistake on here and then it has the possibility to haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all part of having an open um, conversation. So making sure that, yeah, you're right. Um, it's, it's all about what you post. And, you know, even with the whole um, Facebook trial thing the other day where people are saying, what, and he, his, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's defense was, if you don't want it to be online, don't share it with us. You know, yeah. this is up to you. Yeah. But I think it's also um, having a, a really open conversation and having the kids feel um comfortable enough which is a challenge in itself to actually say you know i was i was online today and someone was a bit weird um and then you can you can sort of dive into that a bit um but if they're sort of if they didn't think that it was worth mentioning things can get kind of dicey so um so yeah i think it's it's all about open conversation and saying what's okay what's not who's okay who's not um and really sort of um, developing with them and making sure that you're as up to date on these new channels as they are, because they're going to be, this is, this is what, how they grow up. 
um, they're going to be holding a YouTube, holding an iPad or, or a phone or whatever or a watch um, that's connected to the internet, and there's there's people out there who want to chat to them. Exactly, and it, it's you know there's no stopping it unless you want to hide your child in a box. There's really no way to keep them away from it because they're going to hear about it from their friends at school. They're going to uh, they're going to experience it from lessons they're going to talk about it with people they're going to see it on tv uh all these things are present and i mean even at school i mean my my son's got a math game that is really essentially a social media game uh where he goes online with his friends from school and they have math competitions and but in that is part of it is knowing that you know the person that you're having a math battle against because that's something kids are really excited about right now not when i was a kid for sure (laughs) (laughs) uh but you know having having a math battle with with your buddies at school is 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 social media i mean that's that's yeah they have the ability to send messages to each other and and that's something that has to be you know monitored and and explained and you got to be careful and watch for signs because a lot of things are out there i mean everything from bullying to to um uh you know to people that you don't want talking to your children and uh and all those things are are real concerns that every pa- every parent needs to be aware of because it's 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 scary and it's new and it changes faster than we can keep up with it and they will be faster than we are at adapting to it which is scary to think because i mean i grew up with this my whole life this was something that i had in front of me and i know that when they pick something up that's new, they're going to know and understand it faster yeah. than I am. Yeah. And it, yeah. will be, it will be, the onus will be on me to try to figure out what they're doing and to educate them on how to deal with situations when they come across them. For sure. For sure. It's, um, it's just going to be an ongoing thing. I think it's, it's, it's no it's never gonna change um it's only gonna get um more complicated i think um at least here in canada and in the eu they're they're discussing you know rules around who's actually in charge of this because it can't just be um zuckerberg um okay so moving on uh so we're almost at time um so i just want to ask you when you became a new dad was there anything that um you wish you you knew or looking back is there anything that you think oh you know what if 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 only i knew that now or then um that would have been super helpful uh you know what when i became a new dad the one thing that i wish i understood the most is that everything is just going to be okay Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the best way I can describe this is when I had my my uh, my my oldest son. I we couldn't put him down 
for three months, we held this boy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because every time we put him down, he would flip out. Hmm. And finally, like we had this routine where, where I would, you know, I would go to work. I would come home from work. My wife would give him to me and then I'd hold him for most of the night till about, I don't know, one or two o'clock in the morning until I was literally falling over, <laughs> holding on to him. And then I'd pass him over to her and then she would prop herself up in bed with pillows and hold on to him. And then, and then, um, uh, uh, you know, five o'clock, four, six o'clock in the morning, she'd wake me up, hand it off. And then we'd wash, rinse, repeat. And it was just insanity for three months. And, Finally, we went to my wife's parents' house, and and we we gave we we gave him to to her mom, and just said, "Listen, please just hold on to him for a little while because I, we just need we just need a nap." And then we just sat down on the couch and took a break. And then five minutes later, she comes down the stairs, and her hands are empty, and we're like, "Where where did he go? Like, what's going on? I don't hear him crying." And I'm like, oh, I just laid him down for a nap. And, uh, and we're like, what do you mean you just lay him down? It doesn't work that way. You can't just lay him down for a nap because he freaks out. And uh, and she's like, no, no, no. So we went up to see you, and he brought us up to the bedroom and showed him he was laying on his tummy in the bed, and he was curled <laughs> up and happy as a you know, pig and whatever. And and but we're like, but he's laying on his stomach, and you're a nurse, and if you lay a child on their stomach, they're going to die instantly. Um, <laughs> she's like, she's like, yeah, listen, you're going to die if you don't sleep. <laughs> so he'll be okay if he lays on, and so, and that just taught us that you know, it's, there's there's the yeah. things that everyone tells you, and then there's reality. And when it comes down to it, a lot of it is just finding out what quirks that child has. I kind of call it the three month rule now because every parent I talk to, it takes them about that three months to figure out what their, what their child's little quirk is that, that helps them get comfortable and helps them find their happy place. Uh, You know, with, with my youngest son, it was blankets. Uh, he would, he'd cry. And then finally one night I took off my shirt and I just gave him my shirt in, in his bed. And then he stopped crying and he just held onto my shirt and he just wanted something soft on his face. And that's why when I held him, he, he was happy. And when I put him down, he wasn't. It wasn't because of me. <laughs> he doesn't even care about you. Exactly. He just wanted my shirt. So, <laughs> and that took about three months, to, you know, a little under three months to figure out. And every parent I've talked to is, seems to have that time that about the three month mark is when they're like, oh, that was it. So, you know, I guess the, it'll be okay. And, and as long as you take care of the big stuff, yeah. the little stuff will be okay. Yeah, I think that's that's um, such a good observation. Um, I always find that um, with with our uh, daughter, whatever you give into will become the norm, and then even if it's not good for anyone, uh, 
as soon as you stop doing that, they'll go ballistic and start crying. And then you can't yes. figure out why they're crying. You're like, I can't leave them in the room by themselves. Yes, because you keep going in. Stop going <laughs> in and they'll get used to it real quick. Like give them a couple of days, exactly. they'll be fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. Um, I really appreciate you taking the thank time. You, so so where can uh, people find you and, and what you're up to? Uh, you can find us on our website, uh, which is wanderingwagars.com, W-A-G-A-R-S. Uh, and we're also on YouTube and Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, all under Wandering Waggers. Uh, check us out. Come say hi. Uh, ask questions and, and get in touch because we love to chat. Great. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Um, as always, uh, you can find... Uh, what I'm up to, if you're bothered, uh, on socialdad.ca, or you can find me on on Twitter. I really should make it social dad on Twitter as well, but at the moment, uh, it's James RCS, which is my name, um, on Twitter, and then on Facebook, it's Social Dad Blog. Um, okay, thanks so much, and uh, we'll be back with another uh, episode real soon. Thank you. Thank you.